Hello everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Nevermind Who Listens. I'm very pleased to bring you another installment of Anatomy of a Song. And the reason this episode is another Anatomy of a Song episode is currently the original one that I posted is the most popular of all the podcast episodes so far. Today's episode was really fun to write. It's um, It features music from one of the most talented and one of the least talked about songwriters, I think, ever, the great and powerful Tom Waits. This is a song I've used across a few different populations, and honestly, I want to feature it because it is a beautiful song, and it's a clever song. On with the show. Episode 8 Anatomy of a Song House Where Nobody Lives by Tom Waits This is one of those songs that when I heard it the first time I remember where I was and when I say heard I mean actually listened to and connected to the meaning and the intent of the music and the lyrics I had heard the song in the background before and skipped it on the album but I'd never really given it the time needed to appreciate it. I was working as the program director and music therapist at an eating disorders treatment center, which was a job that allowed me the freedom to keep music playing in the background in my office nearly the entire 40 hours per week I was working there. On Monday evenings, I worked from open to close which was about 8 a.m. to about 6.30 p.m. usually. All the clients and therapists were on group, and I was essentially the extra person in the event of an emergency and to assist with closing the place down. And usually this scenario I'm describing was from about 5 p.m. to about 6.30 p.m. So I, I usually used this last hour and a half or so to wrap up what I had going on and to do documentation um, or to get started planning with the rest of the week. It was late in September of 2015 and I remember the air being very crisp and you know that really kind of matches the aesthetic of this song so I think that's one of the reasons I connected with it. And I often listen to ballads and down-tempo music uh, toward the end of the this long day of the week um, because I found that, I fi- well, I still find that kind of music grounding and comforting. And essentially, it's the ISO principle in practice for myself uh, because at the end of a 10-hour day working in eating disorders treatment, uh, comfort is a feeling that's really uh, a feeling of envy. And uh, definitely a top priority. So my my son, um, our firstborn, was seven months old at the time, this September 2015 time. And 
my emotional capacity was still expanding to understand what the love between parent and child could do do to a person biologically and psychologically. Joy, happiness, love, and compassion never were so full. Um, If being a parent is one of the parts of who you are, or who you want to be, which it is for me, then you know the feeling of completeness that I'm talking about. So I was walking back from the kitchenette near my office to my dimly lit office, and I just made a fresh cup of Earl Grey tea, also a comfort at the end of a 10-hour day working in eating disorders treatment. And I remember hearing the last few chords of the introduction of this song. And then Tom's distinctive voice comes in, and my goodness. His voice is one of my favorite musical things in this whole universe. And when paired with the beautiful melodies and terrible things, and that's me paraphrasing him, in this moment of quietness, with the tea, the crisp air... I was totally enraptured. Now, I hope that you've had a moment with a piece of music like this, that you were totally transported away from anything else that was keeping you away from the beauty that can be life with music in it. So, I chose to sit on the couch in my office and... This couch is typically where clients and students typically sit in therapy and supervision. And I wouldn't normally sit there, but tonight, I was the one in my office walking with the music on a journey. It was almost a providential moment in which God, Tom Waits, and that Earl Grey were generous enough to bestow upon me. The song is a Van Gogh painted with words and a simple chord progression in such a way that you're left with as much of the artist's pain as much as you're left with the sense of awe needed to stand a little longer, to see the light in a different way just one more time. It opens with the image of an abandoned house and the thoughts one might have upon seeing this abandoned house. Why is it abandoned? Was there happiness or laughter or love? And really, the first two-thirds of the song is a physical description of the house. It isn't until the last long verse that Tom Waits delivers his take on it. More on that after we give the song a listen. If you've never heard the song before, I highly encourage you to listen to it while looking at the lyrics. There's a house on my block That's abandoned and cold The folks moved out of it a long time ago And they took all their things And they never came back 
Looks like it's haunted with the windows open. Everyone calls it the house, a house where nobody lives. Once it held laughter. Once it held dreams, did they throw it away? Did they know what it means? Someone's heart breaks. Or did someone do somebody wrong? Well, the pain is all cracked. It was peeled off of the wood. The papers were stacked on the porch where I stood. The weeds had grown up just as high as the door. There were birds in the chimney and an old chest of drawers. Looks like no one. Ever come back to the house where nobody lives? Oh, well, once it had laughter, once it held dreams, did it throw it away? They know what it means. Someone Melancholy, beauty, somberness, longing. I didn't weep on that couch when I truly heard this song that night for the first time. But I felt a strong desire to reach out to everyone I love and let them know the extent of my feelings. This song, 
Tom Waits. They're so good. I'm always left with as much satisfaction as I am with the need to hug my wife and let her know how important she is to me. The pace of the song and the setup for the message at the end are astoundingly potent. It comes out of nowhere, but it is what you expected and needed at the end. There's a lot you can unpack from this song, but what I've found in using it with clients and patients is they tend to gravitate toward two obvious components. There's the public service announcement from Tom Waits on not letting love go, and there's the idea of things not being what they seem. Quote, broken houses don't really equal a broken home. Both are great points of consideration, and in mental health settings, this can be a powerful song which allows individuals to explore themes of love and longing and brokenness and abandonment. It can also be a nice setup for individuals to draw their house. If you consider your life a house and um, your shutters and your foundation, what condition are these things in? How about the paint? This part that's hidden on which everything stands. I'm talking about the foundation of the house. The piece that needs to be the strongest. And what condition is that? I'll give individuals time to visually represent whatever their house needs to be. Um, I'll let them use colorful writing and coloring utensils. And we may spend two hours on this. And it usually needs that if you're going that route. This draw your own house route. Other alternatives include general discussion on the importance of maintaining positive relationships. Like, one might take care of a house. Which, that reminds me of another point of conversation about external versus internal representation of self um, as well as perceptions of others and their effect on the self there isn't a line by line breakdown of this song like there was for Creep and that's because this song doesn't need it the song is best applied in the moment and led in discussion by the individual whom you're treating. It's just such a pretty song. It's and it's so simple. You know, it's just a few chords. Um, I, I hope you can use it in some way in your group. If you haven't listened to this song before, or if you weren't aware of it, or if you weren't aware of Tom Waits, I encourage you to dig into his catalog. He's got some jewels. Like he's got some really great songs that. I use in my music therapy sessions with patients all the time. So I'm wondering what your thoughts I'm wondering what your thoughts are on this. Um, social media is the best place for that. And I'm mainly on Instagram at Nevermind Who Listens. 
If you want to get more information, behind the scenes, shout outs, and much more, become a patron on Patreon. There's multiple tiers of patronage, and I hope you'll consider contributing. There's even a tier that, after three months of contribution, you get a video consultation with me to work on anything you'd like. Could be songwriting, could be holding a creative space or improvisation, could be music therapy related or not. Um, All contributions help to keep this podcast going, and they are so appreciated. Find me on patreon.com slash nmwl thanks again for listening and again if if you're not familiar with tom waits go check him out never mind who listens is hosted written recorded and produced by me dean quick with the exception of any recordings used as examples noted in the episode content All music was composed, performed, and recorded by me as well. Find Nevermind Who Listens on Instagram, at Nevermind Who Listens, and on Patreon, at patreon.com slash nmwl. Thank you for listening.